This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Well, what, one of the things I also wanted to talk to you about is, you know, for a while, goaltender interference was, you know, kind of the talking point in the hockey world. Well, now a major talking point is the hits against the boards when the player is basically checked, but the checking player is looking at their numbers. And I think, one of the things that, and that's the perfect lead in you talk about where, you know, it's become a skill game. And I guess my question is as a coach now with the youth, are these kids, do they work on the art of hitting and or the art of taking a hit? Because some of these hits are bad and it's going to result in some, we've seen it, some serious injuries, but at the same time, Craig, like, I just wonder, like, these players now are going up against the boards and basically not turning their head on a swivel knowing that a player's coming. They're not looking around. They're basically just concentrating on the puck, and, you know, they're they're getting hurt. And I'm not saying, like, they, you know, they still – the players should hold up, but at the same time, I mean, back in your day, there was the art of avoiding or absorbing a hit. They have no fear. Uh, because the rules say you're not supposed to hit me from behind. Yeah. And, you know, I go back to a few years ago. I don't know where it started, but there were stop signs put on the back of their jerseys where the name tags would be. I love that. You would. No, but, but I mean, why not? I mean, if it's – well, how is it Because it's way, that's the way they play now. They're not supposed to hit me from behind. I have a stop sign back here. How many people run stop lines and red lights and cause deaths and accidents? So they get into this habit as a kid where I have a stop sign back there. So he's not going to hit me. Well, let me tell you, there's always going to be a couple of guys that are going to hit you. And I, I did, uh, Alan May and I, we did checking drills and I'll never forget the first time. And this is 15 years ago. And you'd line them up against the boards, spread them out <clears throat> all the way around the ring. And they would be facing the boards. And then you'd come up behind them and you tell them to get down on their stick and get their sticks, you know, on the ice, like you're protecting a puck. And then you just come up and you just kind of push them from behind and teach them how to get their hands up on the glass and almost use their hands as a shock absorber to absorb that hit and <clears throat> to keep your, you know, your, your head and things away from the boards. Well, you would not believe the number of kids in the process of taking their sticks off of their knees when they're down, you know, when they're coming from down on the ice where the puck would be up to putting their hands in the glass, they would take their bottom hand. If you think about the natural position of your hands, they would take their bottom hand off their stick and turn it around like they were going to do a push-up. They would take their hand off their stick. And in the process of that, 
they're falling into the boards and they just crumbled. Instead of just bringing it up, using it, keep your hands on your stick like you normally would, they would turn their, try to turn their hand around like you're not a good reference for you, but if you were going to do a bench press, not that you've ever done one, but you have, have your hands on the bar, you know, both your thumbs and your hands are, you know, they're pointing forward or up on a hockey stick. Your bottom hand is turned, you know, where your fingers are up on the top hand is where your fingers are down. They would take their hand off of there and try to do it like they're going to do a dumbbell press. The accusation that, that I've never lifted weights, how you slip that in as a Hall of Fame <clears throat> collegiate tennis player, by the way. Well, I, I'm just I'm just probably not using a good analogy for you. So if it, I, I, I don't even know how else to, to, to say it. But but my point is that's they they weren't they're not taught that. And our goal was to our goal wasn't it was a checking camp and it, it wasn't it was 80 percent how to receive one versus delivering one, how to protect yourself. But again, I go back to the stop signs. You love it because then you think that, but if you're going to play against me, I'm going to tell you at a certain point, I'm going I'm going to pretend there's no stop sign there, but their mentality is you're not supposed to hit me. So that's why I never liked it. Okay. Now, dis- disclaimer. I like it up until a certain age. I'm not saying okay. do it in the NHL. I'm not saying do it in juniors. I'm saying like pre juniors do it. Before juniors, before they go into a physical sport. Right now, they can't even check until they're like 16 or 15. Yeah. That's a that's ridiculous. From where we sit, it's ridiculous. Because look at the size differential in players. There can be really good players that are 15 years old and they may only be five foot three, but they're playing against other players at times that could be six one. And even if the kid doesn't want to hit you, he's just bigger than you. And if you don't know how to protect yourself, you know, it's, it's going to happen. So I, I just, I disagree with it all, but I'm not going to win no battles there. So, but you, and it's a, it's such a fast game. The other thing that contributes to me is there, you can't interfere anymore. So when a puck gets chipped in or gets dumped in, I would be able to hold up that guy that put the puck in when, while my, uh, my partner's going back to get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no, we can't, you can't do that. It's interference automatically. You just got to let them go. It's like, here you go. Go hit Miro. You know, go, go, go hit Thomas Harley. I can't do anything. So we kind of teach them how to turn and skate with them and skate ahead of them. But you can't be face to face because that's when they're going to call it. You're going to put your stick on them. You're going to put your arm on them. They're going to call it interference. So, Again, it's about creating offense. You know, yeah, get it I, in, get the and and you know, I think we talked about this, but I love the fire out of Torts in Philly when it was a late whistle call on icing, but yet his player gets booted for doing a check. You know, when clearly it was the referee's fault for not blowing the play dead. I mean, you play through the whistle. That's what you have to do. Well, but again, see, that's the that's the new icing rule, too. Yeah. You know, so that's a judgment call for the linesman. And now the players are going, okay, well, I beat them to the hash mark, so there's going to be a whistle, so I let up. Wrong mentality. Yeah, let, let's face it. There, there's guys that they're heat-seeking missiles out there. That's how they play their game. Not like they used to be. I agree with that. And maybe it's not the smartest thing. But, you know, you get in the middle of a game and – you know, 
temperatures are risen. It's a close game and it's an important game. And guys are, you know, being told, finish your checks, finish the play. Don't quit till you hear the whistle. You hear that all the time. Don't quit until you hear the whistle. Well, now they quit before they hear the whistle because they, you know, they perceive there's going to be an icing call or they perceive there's going to be this call. That's, you know, now, you know, over the weekend, we saw some hits from behind and things like that. But I just, I think you just can't take it for granted that people aren't going to finish their checks. I think it should just be the opposite. You go in protecting yourself all the time. You know, okay. you play the game that way and you go in and protect yourself and they don't hit you great. All right. We talk about check. This is a fired up Craig Ludwig. I like this. I like this, which leads to this audio bite from March 13th, 1998. And after I listened to this, I said, I need to ask Craig and I need to get the backstory of what happened. This ball, 4-10 remains in this one. And he gets drilled along the backboard. Who will step up? to the jaw of Steve Ruchin. Or excuse me, to Tamo Solani, and Solani is down. Ludwig pleading his case. He's saying Solani dropped his head at the last second. I don't know about that. It looked to me like the elbow by Ludwig was carried high. Right now, Jason Marshall trying to break free from the grasp of the linesman. Ludwig and Marshall joining in one another as the penalty box doors swing open. While all this is going on, Tampa Solani remains down on the ice. That that was highly entertaining, and I wish they allowed you to fight. But um, take us through that, if you can remember, um, the elbow to Timu Solani. Yeah, it was. Um... <laughs> Both feet were up in the air. I slowed it down. <laughs> you know, and it was their best player. Yeah. So you'd be hard on best players. Um, and again, different time. And Hazy should shut up. The guy calling that. That's Brian Hayward. Brian Hayward was my teammate in Montreal. So, um, and Hazy would have loved it and did love it when I was playing with him. So, <clears throat> listen, it, it, it was a it was an illegal, clearly an illegal hit. And all I saw was their best player, uh, the head of the snake, so to speak. And, you know, and it happened. And, you know, there weren't many guys left on the bench when it was all over with. But um, <laughs> Did you, you get fined for that? No. No? No. Okay. No. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, different time now. But um, all well, right. if you did that now, that'd be <laughs> at least eight, nine games. Yeah, at absolutely. least. And I will say, if you actually go through and you watch it, as he's laying there, he's looking around. He's uh, on the ice. Oh, yeah. He's looking around. We've seen that before. It, I've had guys I played with on the teammates that would do that. Go, uh, are the trainers coming? Did, did they did they give him a penalty yet? You know, so. Have, but, you, have you talked to Timo about any of that? Like, you know, do, do, do have, have you seen him in circles and talked about, you know, the playing days or? No. Okay. No, I, I, Timo Solani and I would not run in the same circles. <laughs> so, 
you know, we, we have different ways of life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and I told you we were going to have fun today because this is, uh, I'm excited. It's a holiday edition of Spits and Suds. We're in the holidays. Um, Why are we living in the past? Because I enjoy the perspective. I, I really do enjoy your backstories. You don't want to hear it, but I think you're a really good storyteller. And I think our Spits and Suds listeners like to hear the stories, you know, from the cup year and the backstories and what you were thinking. I, I really do. I mean, that's, I, listen, I, I like this podcast because, you know, like speaking with Cross yesterday, I was asking if he missed Whataburger, asking about his Mount Rushmore in Texas. Like, I just feel as though if we go like hardcore hockey all the time, which we do talk a lot of hardcore hockey, um, you know, it is going to be what it is, but you have a terrific personality. So I like to bring it out. Well, it's, you know, it's fun. It, it's a different time. It's a different era. You know what I mean? And so I'm sure there's a lot of your listeners, you know, the seven that listen, they're probably going, let's not live in the past all the time. Sure. So, um, sure. you know, and, and especially when, you know, you've got uh, a team here um, that, is an exciting team to watch in the style that they play and, and there's high hopes for them. Right. I mean, I think we all, we all think that they're scratching the surface of hopefully being in the final four, at least um, if not the final two, but you know, there's still, there's still a lot of road ahead of them. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> there, and again, we're, you know, where are we in the twenties or 24, 25 games, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I don't think they're playing their most consistent yeah. hockey right now. Um, I know you don't like talking about what's the current things that are going on in the world. You want to seem to get in your time capsule. <laughs> but uh... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, I mean, I think I think these two games, while they should be four points, are going to be a tougher four points. I mean, Ottawa has to, you know, Ottawa is one of those teams, Craig, that can show up on Friday. And I mean, we've seen the Stars actually struggle against Ottawa and they have a lot of talent on that team, just haven't been able to put it together. And then Craig Berube gets fired last night after losing to Detroit slash the Grand Rapid Griffiths with all their call-ups and Dylan Larkin down and St. Louis said, okay, um, we're going to make a change. Fingers crossed for Steve Ott. And so they're going to bring in a new coach. And we've seen changes in Edmonton, Craig, as well as Minnesota, where the coaching change has ignited a fire. Maybe it's temporary, but there is a fire under both those teams now. So hopefully that doesn't happen Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you know, Otter's not getting the job. Um, they've already named a new coach. So no, he, I was just hoping he keeps his job. He, he'll keep it. I, I, I think you know they're doing it in house. Um, but, it, but I'll tell you what the kiss of death is: is when your GM comes out and tells you that your job is safe. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah, <clears throat> and um, and and everybody loves him. You know, and he's a hard nosed player. He was a hard nosed player. Uh, I think he's straight. He's a straight shooter. But I, I think Army. 
I think what Doug Armstrong sees in his team is I think they surprised him a little bit from from where he thought they would be as a team. And, you know, they're they don't want to want to call it a, a rebuild, but it's more of a retool. Um, I think he knew it was going to be a little not not the same cup year that they had, um, even though they kind of they didn't have the best start when they won the cup and they turned it around, you know, and, but what happened was is the team started playing maybe better than he thought. And they're knocking on the door of a playoff spot that maybe he didn't think was going to be, you know, within reach at a certain point in the season. And it's about the voice, you know, I mean, I think Bruce has been there for five, six years. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe a lot of times that's what it is. And I mean, how many times have we seen it where coach comes in Minnesota, just a brutal team. And they fire Dino. Yeah. Next thing you know, <laughs> they rattle off five or six wins in a row. Yeah. You know what? What it normally is is as a player when a new coach comes in, you for the for the the guys that are playing well, they have to continue to play well. But for the guys that maybe weren't getting the ice time that they think that they should have, you get a second chance, and you get to show the new guy. Like, wait a second. Why was this guy only playing six minutes a game? Like he does this and he does that. So you get a you get a second chance. And so I think sometimes there's that that change in coaches that you know you're scratching, you know, we're, we're close and even though there's a there's a lot of you know track left to play in this year, but you know, let's see because it it pretty usually I, I don't know what analytics will tell you, but typically when a new coach comes in, they get some kind of a bump. Uh, as far as wins and losses go and maybe army's thinking you know what Let, let's see what we can get out you know bring in a new voice a uh, new guy not necessarily new because he's been around there but some different direction in the room and uh, a different voice that uh, you know they hear players here and maybe we'll you know maybe we'll win six out of our next 10 maybe one seven out of 10 next thing you know we're you know right there in, in a wild card spot so um Army's a Army's a smart hockey guy. Yeah, uh, been through it a lot. He's had, he's he's surrounded himself with a lot of Hall of Famers and a lot of people that have been in this game for a long time. So um, he probably sees an opportunity and and believes his team can, you know, find a way to secure a playoff spot, spot in the next twenty thirty games. A couple of interesting stars notes. One, I just continue to be so impressed with Jamie Ben in the faceoff circle, and while his Stats might not show up on Monday night. I think he had an assist. Um, you know, what he did, I think he was nearly 80% face-off draws on Monday, not to mention his net front presence. I think he just did a lot of small things. Um, interested to see how Wyatt Johnston can get out of his slump um, because started off on a tear and has just gone away. So interested to see if he can pick that back up this weekend. And I was thinking to myself as I was watching the game as Rupe Hintz returned, Craig, he might be the guy that you can't have out of your lineup. They're a different team. And granted, you know, he's one of their best players. But I was just thinking through, and it's got to be Hintz. You know, if you're if you're talking multiple games, it's got to be Hintz, Ottinger, and Heishkinen in no particular order. But I think Hintz might be at that top because the two games that he's missed – they're just, they're missing something. He's a driver. 
when yeah. he's on the ice, he backs everybody off. He he backs opponents off with his speed, and, and he's got the hands and the tools to go along with it. There, there's no doubt he he is the centerpiece for me. I mean, there's a lot of talk about, you know, again, like you said, Wyatt and and, and Robo, uh, what Pavelski does. Um, you know, that and the, the number two for me right now is Matt Duchesne. Yeah, he's special. He he's a driver and and he drives that line. I mean, let, let's start with Jamie. You you kind of summed up who Jamie is in a way. I mean, Jamie, Jamie's a monster in the face off, and that's all strength. He he finishes his checks, he goes to the front of the net. And I don't know how many times I've used Jamie as an example with our players. Like, you know, so many players will go to the front of the net, and as a defenseman or somebody else is taking the shot. And when I mean the front of the net, I don't mean the front of the net. I mean the goaltender. You take his eyes away. Jamie goes there. He stands straight up and down. He looks around behind him. He makes sure, like if he sees the goalie peeking over his right right shoulder, for instance, he'll take a step to his right because the goalie's trying to find the shot line and the sight lines. So Jamie, he, he just does it the right way. There's too many players that go to the front of the net and if somebody's getting ready to take a shot, they they do the, the Toro, you know, like the bullfighter, and they just step to the side. Well, that does nothing. You took the eyes away, and now all of a sudden you gave a sight back. So Jamie's willing to stand in there. A lot of that is trust, you know, knowing where your teammates are going to shoot the puck and we're, you know, not going to be above the goal, uh, the bar. Um, physical guy, stands up for his teammates, uh, you know, basically reads the temperature pretty well of a game. So, you know, and Wyatt, Wyatt's a good kid. And like I said, so many times he's learning so much from from his stepdad and, and Joe Pavelski, and and he's going to get back on track. Like he, he's just too good not to. Um, so, but but again, that line, uh, you know, it's for me the with Sagan, you know, and Duchesne and Marchman, um, you know, they're 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 the for me that's their number one line right now. And when, when the other three guys are together and they have their rhythm, they're going, but you know, you look and I think those are the top three guys in scoring for the stars, right? That line, yep. Otter, Belsky and Hintz. Hintz is a plus two. Robo and Pavs are minus players. They're probably minus four, minus five in that neighborhood. So, you know, they're like a plus three or whatever, or a minus three as a line go ahead and look at the Duchesne line they're probably about a plus 11 or 12 I don't know exactly right now but so what it what it kind of tells you is is you know they're doing some work on the power play the hence line um but they will do it five on five like they did when you get a steady diet of Rupe when he's in there you know, they've moved Robo around a little bit I'm sure that's trying to get him going a little bit at you know different spots and you know, so, but that other line is, I don't know why they don't start with them on the power play sometimes too. I mean, they just, they're just dangerous when they're on the ice. And, uh, and to me, that, that's what you need is you need a driver and that's what Rupe is. And, and that's what, that's what Matt Duchesne is. So, um, you know, they're that, I mean, they're winning hockey games. So you can't, I mean, they're, what, what are, what are they? Seven fifty, seven fifty-five, somewhere winning percentage yeah. or something like that. So, um, uh, so you know, and and I don't think they're they're close to running on all cylinders. So right. uh, the question is always going to be for this team is, you know, what what group of six do you have back there? You know that that's 
Yeah. I'm talking about playoff hockey. You know, so I, I'm just super impressed with Thomas Harley. I've said that before. I, you know, I, I don't think anybody really knew that he was, you know, he can shoot a puck like he does. And, and you know, but, but again, back to, back to Miro. Miro's got another lever or level. There's no question. I think offensively, but, yes. Yeah. I mean, defensively too, Craig, but I mean, I, I just think, and I, I hate to do this, but I mean, you know, and it's it shouldn't be compared, but I have them like compared to Hughes. I have them compared to McCarr, um, you know, players like that. Even Dowdy in L.A. who's having a great bounce back year. I mean, those guys are so good offensively. Well, I told you this, like maybe it was last year. Miro from the top of the circles in in the offensive zone is not in the same category as some of the guys that you mentioned. Yeah, but that's OK. He does so many other things and he's and he's playing 28, 29 minutes a night. You know, so but which the other guys that you mentioned too do that also, but yeah, I the whole left side right side thing to me, I I'm not sure. I mean that that's a question you'd have to get an honest answer out of Miro. I mean, hey, would you rather play the left side? If, you know, and but what he would, I'm sure what Miro would say, hey, I'll I'll play wherever they want me to play. Yeah, you know, and I'd be interested what, also to see him with like to say say Seattle's like okay, you know, we're not in it this year. And you could pick up an Adam Larson, let's just say, a, a right-shot defenseman, pair him with Miro. I'd be interested to see what happens. Yeah, I, th- I think a right-handed Thomas Harley is the perfect guy. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I, you know what? Sean and I have talked about that on this podcast as well. I, I just think that, you know, you, you have that guy that understands when you play with a top guy – and, and and especially a guy that can drive some offense from the back end, you have to be able to let them do what they do. And and when there is a breakdown uh, defensively, when it's coming out of the offensive zone, going through the neutral zone, and it's a two-on-one or it's a three-on-two with a forward back instead of that, you, you have to have a partner that knows how to play those. I, I, I'm not really super crazy about how a lot of people in the NHL play two-on-ones now defensemen by – by moving too early on the puck here and then they just open up a passing lane and, yeah. you know, and, and it's hard enough for the goaltenders to shot, you know, stop a shot, you know, when, when they know where it's coming from and when it's coming versus you get below the hash marks and all of a sudden they've got to, you know, they've got to go from post to post to make a save. So, Not to mention the stick getting in the way. So you can't see it as fast or it might get a deflection off the stick. Yeah. But you know what? That's still part of the defenseman's job. And yeah. the, the, you'll hear me scream, all day, all game long, stick on puck, stick on puck for a defenseman. Even the forwards all the time. You have to use your stick. It gets there a second before you do. So the more that you can get your stick out there, especially on your outside, you get the stick on puck. And it and it affects the forward too. It will, it'll, it'll push them a little bit further towards the boards. It'll make them want to make a move that they really don't want. And then it pushes them to a little bit worse shooting area uh, as long as you have that. And these guys are all so big and they have long reaches. Uh, so the more that they can always get that stick on the puck and get it into a passing lane, it makes it more difficult for the forwards to get it where they want it to go.